Did you know that managing stress is a key component to maintaining wellness? Well, today's guest offers a holistic approach to both. You're listening to the She Kippy Podcast. Friends call me the Chic City Girl with the Hippie Heart. Welcome to your ultimate guide to millennial adulting. Hi, I'm your host, CH. I'm joined by thought leaders, cultural innovators, and friends as they share their insights on journeying through work, life, and play the bohemian way. This is the Chic Hippie Podcast. Welcome to the Chic Hippie Podcast. I'm your host, CH, the Chic City Girl with the Hippie Heart. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Michelle John. Dr. Michelle John is an adult and pediatric psychiatrist. She completed medical school and master's of public health at Des Moines University, psychiatry residency at University Hospitals Case Western, and Child and Adolescent Psychiatry Fellowship at University of Chicago. Welcome to the Chic Kippy Podcast, Dr. John. Thanks, CH. I'm really excited to be on this podcast with you. Thank you. So we're going to discuss methods to incorporate holistic care into everyday life. Specifically, she's going to address some components of holistic care, which include meditation, exercise, sleep, and self-care. Dr. John, I want to start the conversation by discussing meditation techniques. The Chic Hippie audience is aware that I practice meditation. What are the major benefits of incorporating meditation into daily life? When I practice meditation, I feel more relaxed. I never regret practicing meditation because I feel more calm and that calmness makes me more centered and engaged throughout the day. Ooh, that sounds wonderful. (laughs) So there are many different forms of meditation. So you're most familiar with the meditation practice called relaxation response and diaphragmatic breathing. Can you please explain how this practice is performed? Yes. So CH, when I was in medical school, I went to Des Moines University. It's an osteopathic medical school, so it's really into holistic care. And I learned a practice called relaxation response and diaphragmatic breathing while listening to calming music. Now, relaxation response component is thinking of a calming word that brings you peace and saying the calming word silently in your mind over and over again and focusing on that word. Some examples of calming words include, but are not limited to peace, serenity, God, ocean, etc. Is there a calming word for you, CH, that works well? Probably love. Oh, that's a great word. Now, ideally, diaphragmatic breathing component of meditation technique involves taking a deep breath in from the nose, and exhaling from the mouth. And when you breathe diaphragmatically, it activates something called your parasympathetic response, which is your body's rest and digest. 
it activates the vagus nerve. And so you get this calm effect on your body. It lowers your heart rate, relaxes your mind. Now, under stress, the sympathetic nervous system is activated. And that's when you go into that fight or flight response. So by breathing diaphragmatically, you're really engaging in making your body feel more calm and lowering your overall stress. Now, I pair relaxation response and diaphragmatic breathing technique with listening to calming music, such as ocean waves or classical music, as a third optional modality to my meditation practice. And also, ideally, relaxation response and diaphragmatic breathing while listening to calming music should be practiced in a quiet room with your eyes closed for approximately 10 minutes a day to get that relaxation benefit. Now, if you find it difficult to meditate for 10 minutes, it's okay. It's important to accept the state you're at and not judge yourself as you continue this form of meditation. And I can demonstrate relaxation response and diaphragmatic breathing. Yes, please do. Okay. So relaxation response. So in your mind, you think of that calming word that brings you peace. And you say the calming word in your mind over and over again. If you see your mind drifting, just bring it back to the calming word. Don't judge yourself and bring it back. Now, while you're practicing relaxation response, go ahead and take a deep breath in from your nose and out from your mouth. Deep breath in and let it out. You know you're doing diaphragmatic breathing correctly when you feel your, you put your hand on your stomach area and you'll feel your diaphragm expanding. So deep breath in, let it out, and thinking of that calming word that brings you peace. So that's relaxation response to diaphragmatic breathing in a nutshell. Thank you for that. I am so relaxed. So what are some other meditation practices that listeners may find beneficial? There are many forms of meditation that can be beneficial and bring a sense of tranquility. It's really finding the meditation practice that resonates with you and that you can incorporate in your daily life. Mantra meditation involves repeating a phrase, a word, or syllabus silently, quietly, or out loud to prevent distracting thoughts, and it can have a spiritual component to it. Mindfulness meditation is a practice of bringing your attention, acceptance of your feelings, your mind, your body experiences in the present moment, in the here and now. While being present, you become aware of your breathing as well as aware of your thoughts and letting them pass without judgment. Guided imagery, guided meditation, this is a process where the participant meditates by forming mental images of a relaxing situation. Now, for some individuals, prayer can be seen as a type of meditation. And then there's transcendental meditation. It involves repeating a designated mantra silently. It can be a word or sound with your eyes closed and sitting in a comfortable position. CH, your practice of transcendental meditation, how has that experience been for you? 
Well, for me, it has been instrumental in helping me reground and refocus when I'm stressed. So just as you described, I meditate twice daily for 20 minutes. I do use my personalized mantra when I perform this meditation. Now, in order to learn this practice, I did go through classes. But the good part about taking those classes were that it really got me to focus on making my meditation a priority and setting the intention to do it twice daily. So my first meditation is typically done when I start my day. So I start my day relaxed and de-stressed. And then I also do my second one typically at 5 p.m. before dinner. So I go into my evening calm. That's great that you practice it twice a day. That's pretty impressive. Now, for some people, it can be a little bit of a challenge and seem like another chore if I have to do something twice a day. Even if you meditate for 10 minutes a day, you know, or less, it's really accepting that stage you're in and just trying to do it at least daily to have that calm effect in your mind. Now, Dr. John, switching gears a little bit, I know that some people love to use exercise as a form of relaxation. So how can exercise help you de-stress? CH, you're absolutely correct. Exercise is another great way to de-stress. So engaging in physical activity with getting your heart rate between 120 to 160 beats per minute for approximately 35 to 40 minutes three times a week or more can produce antidepressant effects on your body. Now, cardiovascular exercise can get your heart rate between 120 to 160 beats per minute, such as running, going on the elliptical, swimming, biking, playing sports, walking at a fast pace, walking on an incline can produce improvements in your mood and your overall health. And there's also other different types of exercise that you can do to de-stress, such as weightlifting, yoga. What forms of exercise are best when trying to de-stress? That depends on the individual and what type of exercise that person can do and really enjoy to de-stress. So for mood benefits, you know, the cardiovascular that we talked about and weightlifting, yoga, Pilates are just some type of exercises that can be helpful for de-stressing. Most people are familiar with weightlifting and yoga. Are there any other forms of exercise that they can perform? Yeah, there's traditional Chinese medicine practice called Qigong, which incorporates physical movement, meditation, and breathing exercise to provide balance. And Tai Chi is a Chinese martial arts exercise that involves stretching movements, position of balance while incorporating deep breathing. So it's really finding something that you like, getting yourself into physical activity so it's not a chore. It's enjoyable and you can de-stress. Now, I totally agree with you. You definitely want to do an exercise that doesn't feel like a chore. I know most people say no pain, no gain, but I really find for myself personally that that doesn't allow me to relax. And my exercise of choice for relaxation would be hiking or some kind of brisk walking. That's great. You know, finding something that you like, you enjoy and doing it. 
help your mood, help your overall health. It's very holistic. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So Dr. John, I recently learned that lack of adequate sleep can affect your stress level. What effects can sleep deprivation have on your body? Sleep deprivation can affect your mood, your memory, and your overall health. In terms of affecting your mood, you can become more irritable, anxious, and even depressed. It can affect your memory by being more forgetful, and there's even an increased risk for dementia. Sleep deprivation can even affect your overall health by having a 50% increase in obesity if you get less than five hours of sleep per night, stated by John Hopkins Sleep Researcher, Dr. Patrick Finan. Due to a decrease in the appetite control hormone leptin and an increase in your hunger hormone ghrelin, Dr. Finan reported sleep deprivation can result in a decreased immunity, three times risk for type 2 diabetes, 36% increased risk for colon cancer, 48% increased risk for developing heart disease, and three times more likely to get a cold. Physically, too, If you're not getting enough sleep, you can look older. So making sleep a priority rather than an expendable commodity that you can catch up on is really important for your mental health, physical health, overall health. Since you told us how important obtaining adequate sleep is, what are some strategies that we can implement to ensure that we're getting enough sleep? So the bed should be only used for sleep. Avoid watching TV, reading, using computers, tablets, smartphones, or other electronic devices in bed. Now do something relaxing about 30 minutes before going to sleep. So it's really preparing yourself to get tired, go to sleep. It's forming this bedtime ritual. Avoid using electronics one hour before bedtime. The bed should be a cool, quiet, dark place used only for sleep. So turn off the cell phones so that noises doesn't interfere with your sleep. If I may, Dr. John, this is actually something I have implemented myself. I no longer take my cell phone into my bedroom. It was just too distracting and I couldn't sleep. That's great. You know, you're already following good sleep hygiene. Well, I could do a little better on some of the other tips. (laughs) (laughs) Other ways to get adequate amount of sleep include do not exercise or eat three hours before going to bed. Try to exercise every day, even if it's 10 minutes, that actually can help with sleep. Do not consume caffeinated products, soda, chocolates even have caffeine, energy drinks, coffee, tea in the afternoon or evening because that could keep you awake. Avoid daytime naps. And if you are tired, it's better to just go to sleep a little bit earlier But ideally, you want to go to sleep and wake up around the same time, even on the weekends, to allow for eight hours of sleep at night. Now, going to sleep at or before 11 p.m. shows some mood benefits. Now, if you can't fall asleep within 20 minutes of going to bed, get out of bed and engage in some quiet activities such as reading in another area of your home and return to bed when you're drowsy. Now, lastly, I want to talk about self-care because we hear that term used pretty loosely. What is it and how can it help you relax? So, CH, my understanding of self-care is doing an activity or an engaging in an experience 
that promotes caring for yourself and making time for yourself. Making yourself a priority will help you de-stress. Now, should this activity be performed alone or can you do a group activity? CH, this activity of self-care can be alone or as a group activity. It's something that you look forward to making time for yourself that you enjoy. So how often should we make self-care a priority? I recommend self-care should be a priority with finding balance in your life. And it really depends on the individual in terms of how frequent you should engage in a self-care activity. Now, making time for yourself under a stressful week may seem like a chore, but it's a way to recharge yourself mentally. Plan a fun activity that is healthy and enjoyable at least once a week as something to look forward to as a form of self-care. And this could be something you do by yourself or it could be with friends, but it'll make the week more enjoyable knowing that you have some fun activity planned and even may improve your outlook for the week and make you more productive that week because you have something fun to look forward to. Now, Dr. John, I can speak to this personally because when I was on the road and traveling extensively, my friends would always plan an activity on the weekend that I could look forward to. It really helped me power through the week and recharge myself. CH, I think that's wonderful that you did incorporate self-care into your busy schedule as a way to recharge and live a more holistic life with making you a priority in that life. Well, Dr. John, thank you so much for joining us on the She Kippy podcast today and sharing some key tips for how to de-stress and maintain daily wellness. It was truly my pleasure, CH. I really enjoyed the experience. Michelle John provided us with excellent insights on using a holistic approach for managing stress. Personally, I can make improvements in all areas, but I think I'll start by implementing more of her suggestions on improving sleep hygiene. Remember, Dr. John recommends making small or incremental changes in order to see lasting results. As you go along your wellness journey, be sure to share your experiences with the She Kippy community online. You can find us on Twitter at SheKippyPod. Thank you for listening to this episode of the She Kippy Podcast. New episodes are available weekly on iTunes. So subscribe and leave a comment letting us know how you're enjoying the show. To learn more about this podcast and your host, CH, follow us on Instagram at SheKippyPodcast and online at SheKippyPodcast.com. Always as in parting, journey through work, life, and play the Bohemian way. <laughs>